Welcome, one and all. You've just connected with Robert Rogers. I am the founder of Parkinson's Recovery, and I have an exciting subject and topic to present today. It's all about how we all can create new neurological pathways. The focus of my research over the past decade has really been on finding natural approaches, therapies, and techniques that people can use to help reverse the symptoms that are associated with the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. The individuals that I find have the greatest and most profound insights are individuals who suddenly find themselves confronting neurological challenges, persons who are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and then persons who say, wait a minute, what's going on here? Let me figure out ways that I can reverse the symptoms that I'm experiencing. Clearly, we have many medical researchers out there that are doing rigorous work looking at very specific issues. I don't actually sponsor many of these researchers on the radio program. There's several reasons for that. Researchers tend to talk very technically, and so they're difficult to follow oftentimes. Second of all, researchers aren't always the best presenters, so the radio shows typically fizzle. But finally, I think that the other reason why I find that the information from the researchers is not as useful is because they really haven't lived it and they haven't solved the problem. They're looking at it dispassionately from an unbiased point of view. So as you see, I'm a researcher myself, and I'm really criticizing the kind of approach that we typically use in being able to unearth discoveries that help individuals. The focus of my discussion today is inspired by the creative work of one person who diagnosed with Parkinson's disease said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to figure out ways that I can address the problems that I'm experiencing. Some of you may have already had the great advantage of either reading John Pepper's book or even the chapter in Norman Dodge's book where Norman interviews John Pepper. I made an attempt to recruit John Pepper for a radio show interview. I think he was barrage, he had a barrage of invitations and at the time he backed out, although we had this show set up. So I haven't had an opportunity to actually have him as a guest on the show. But I know a great deal about the, the story behind John Pepper's approach to being able to address and reverse the symptoms that he currently experiences. This hour program, then, will involve a preview of how I see what John Pepper has done and his contribution to everyone who currently experiences neurological challenges. I will also preview our two new marvelous Jump Start to Recovery programs so that I can want to make sure I answer any and all questions you have about those two particular programs. And by the end of the hour, we'll have some time to answer any questions that you might have. Let me now move to the issue of neurological challenges. Here we're talking about very specific issues 
that persons diagnosed with Parkinson's disease can sometimes experience. Now, this is certainly not true for everyone, but many people experience bouts with freezing, foot dragging, falling, issues with swallowing, issues with voice that is not projected as it needs to be, and general issues with mobility, and they take many, many different forms. And, of course, another symptom, which is common, as, of course, everyone knows, is the issue of tremoring. Now, the way I see the problem is the following. By way of habit, as we are growing up from the early ages of two or three all the way up to much older ages into the decades, we literally have habitual ways of putting our left foot forward and our right foot forward. We have habitual ways of standing up, of sitting down, of turning around, of talking, and we don't think about any of these habits that make everything work beautifully. When we're young, our bodies are very agile. Those neurological networks are pretty free and uncluttered, and so we really are able to uh, move our bodies in ways that are entirely unobstructed. So everything is very much habitual. Now, because we find that there are certain neurological pathways that work so beautifully, and of course when I say certain ones, I'm talking about millions and millions of pathways because these particular electrical impulses occur millions of time in a matter of just a minute. And so we're talking about lots of chemical reactions, lots of communication that's going on continuously in the body. I believe, though, as we age and as we incur certain challenges in our life, such as traumas, whether they be physical or mental or emotional, what tends to happen is that we are accessing the very same neurological pathways. And what happens is those pathways begin to dig deeper and deeper ruts. The traumas that we actually experience are creating blockages and roadblocks on these neurological pathways, which means that the neurological system is just not quite functioning the way it was when we were two or three or four years old. I have an analogy that I want to offer to you that helps me really visualize what we're really talking about here. In the United States, back in the 1800s, there was a mass interest by persons in the eastern part of the country and the Midwest and traveling out west. It was uncharted territory. And so what people did was uh, they took all of their resources and invested those resources in some basic products of food and staples, and they bought these little wagon trains. And uh, what happened was, and of course horses to carry them, and what happened was they literally got in the train, they put the family in there. With a little luck, all of them would arrive safely way out in the coast or perhaps Oregon or Arizona or wherever they wound up landing. But the trains typically followed uh, in uh, packs. And so you would see a whole set of anywhere from 10 to 30 or 40 different wagon trains all in a line. 
and all going down the very same pathway. And, of course, the trains, the horses and uh, uh, the wagon trains were following through the very same ruts. They were all pretty much made the same way. And, of course, the ruts got pretty deep in some places, pretty rocky. And so, boy, I'm telling you, if you were riding on some of those wagon trains, it was a rocky ride to be sure. I think that's a nice analogy of what happens in our neurological system. The fact is that we're accessing the very same route. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with the United States, it's a large country, and so there are many, many different routes that a person could technically take if they were, for example, leaving from Boston, Massachusetts, and deciding that what they wanted to do is to go out to what is now Los Angeles or San Diego. Now, you can imagine how many different possible routes a person could actually take to arrive at that destination way back in 1825. But as it turns out, the way it worked was because of some threats of Indians and dangers and other kinds of hazards of travel, people banded together, made good sense, that was a rational strategy, and they formed again into these packs, into these little organizations where they all traveled together. And of course it was dangerous, they did lose lives on the route, people had accidents, there were all sorts of other kinds of challenges. Now, just to envision then, there are lots of other choices that people could have made, but for lots of reasons, they went down the very same path. And again, the ruts in that pathway got deeper and deeper. It rained, it, their weather was horrible in some cases, and so it was uh, pretty rocky traveling for all the people on the wagon trains. Now. I think that this is a nice analogy of what happens to tried and true access to neurological pathways, especially for persons who are experiencing neurological challenges. You see, the challenge is that we are accessing the very same pathways minute by minute, second by second, by way of habit. I mean, there's no thought, there's no intention to this. This is just what we've always done. We don't even stop to think about what's really happening. So when we get ready to stand up from a chair, we're just going through that very same neurological set of pathways uh, without even thinking that perhaps there are other routes, other ways of being able to stand up. And again, that's true for all of the other symptoms as well. We're just accessing the same neurological pathways or routes that by way of habit, after zillions and zillions of seconds and minutes of living, they've become pretty deeply rutted. Now, what do we do about that? Obviously, it's quite difficult to break out of habits. Uh, it certainly is for me, and everybody that I know who is a friend or a family member finds the very same challenge. Well, envision, if you would, now that you've in your mind's eye and imagination seen what those deep ruts must have looked like, and there are, by the way, actual historical um, places that you can go in Oregon and here out in the West where the uh, the wagon trains travel. So you can actually see what the ruts look like. It's They're pretty deep. It's a pretty rocky ride to be sure because I've seen them myself. Now envision, if you would, an alternative. And that alternative is not only the fact that there are many, many other pathways that could be taken that don't have those deep ruts or 
Maybe a better analogy in your imagination is just to imagine that beside this pathway of deep ruts, there's a smooth, paved roadway. Okay, so you're still in the same wagon train. We still have the same body. But the fact is you can just lift in your mind's imagination that wagon train out of that roadway that has the deep ruts, and you just put it over into a superhighway. And then it's smooth sailing instead of taking three months to get from Boston, Massachusetts to San Diego, California. It takes about a tenth of the time because you're on the superhighway, even though you might be led by horses. And that's the idea of creating new neural networks. So in the case of any of the symptoms you might be experiencing, the challenge as I see it and inspired by John Pepper's discoveries is that by way of habit, you're simply accessing the same pathways. The idea then is to say, wait a minute, those pathways are cluttered with debris and obstructions and roadblocks, and those are vague words to really describe the fact that we do experience significant traumas and stress in our life. We are exposed to toxins of many different varieties, and those get embedded in these neurological pathways, and so they basically get obstructed. And of course, the other issue is for individuals who are in a continuous state of stress, those neurological pathways, those neurons get stripped of the myelin sheaths. That's that nice fatty covering over the neurons. They're actually very juicy in their character. So what really does happen, particularly for persons who experience tremoring that seems to be off the charts, is that there's more than likely a lot of short-circuiting in those neurons. And when I say short-circuiting, just Think of the analogy of an electrical wire. And you know that when that outside covering on the wire, that rubber-like or some kind of synthetic covering on top of the wire gets exposed, there's a good chance of being short-circuited. The whole system then basically blows up. And, of course, that's what happens to the neurological system when there's not enough covering on those neurons then the reality is we have a real challenge and difficulty with performing the most basic of functions. The, the idea that I want to offer is, well, all you do is in the moment you access different neurological pathways that hopefully are not as roadblocked or obstructed or that are not as stripped of those myland sheets. In other words, you just begin to, with your intention, move in a way mindfully that is different that has been your customary approach by way of habit. So the question is, what in the world is am I talking about? How in the world do you alter the access that you make to these neurological pathways? Well, I think that John Pepper has an excellent approach that anyone can benefit from. Now, if you've already read John's book or the chapter of Norman Dodge about John's experience, you may have the impression that what he's talking about is a very specific analysis of the structure of muscles and how muscles interact with one another because what John does is as he began to walk, he began to do this 
very detailed analysis of what muscles were being stressed, which ones weren't, where he was putting his weight, how he was holding his body. And given his background, he was able to really visualize the muscles that were actually involved. I really believe that that's not necessary for you to be able to benefit from the revelations that he was able to derive from his own experience. Here's basically the idea. You begin to walk, and if mobility happens to be your problem, what you'll want to do, instead of just by way of habit not even paying attention to what you're doing, what you'll want to do is begin to really focus on, for example, where you're putting your weight on the bottom of your feet. That's all you do as you're walking. You say to yourself, okay, uh, let me see if I'm putting as much weight on my left heel as I am onto my right heel. And so you walk some and you say to yourself, oh, that's interesting. It looks like it's not a question of putting not as much weight, but when I step out with my right foot, I hit my heel on the pavement or the roadway first. And when I step out with my left foot, I, I basically hit the toes first, not my heel. In other words, you could have lots of different revelations and observations about how you're actually walking. Now, John noticed he wasn't putting as much weight on his left heel as he did his right heel. So he said, okay, well, let's balance this out. That obviously should make some difference. And so by his intention as he walked, he forced himself to put more weight on the left heel. And that, of course, balanced out the weight between the left heel and the right heel. He also noticed that he wasn't putting his chest out. Now, that's true for many individuals, whether they experience Parkinson's symptoms or not. So what does he do? Does he say, well, I'm getting older and I can't do anything about this? Well, of course not. What he says is, wait a minute, I'm going to begin to pay attention to the fact that I'm slumping and I'm going to put my chest out as much as I possibly can. So these are a couple of examples of what he was discovering about how he was moving moment to moment and making changes. Now, you can't simply say to yourself, okay, I've noticed that uh, my chest is not out and I'm slumping down, so okay, I'll put my chest out. And for about five seconds, you put it out, and then you begin to think about how beautiful the trees are that you're walking past if you happen to be walking. In other words, you divert your attention. For this particular approach to work, and I want to call it a mindfulness approach, it's important that you stay on task, that you continue to pay attention to exactly how your body is functioning and make adjustments with each step. So you notice not enough weight is on your left heel, fine. You walk for a while, and okay, it feels like you've got enough weight on both of the heels. But wait a minute, it looks like the right foot is jutted out and the left foot is not. So as you continue to walk, you say, well, let's see if we can even that out. Either we'll put the left foot out or we'll take the right foot and shift it in some with the next few steps. In other words, my point is the following. You pay attention to this precision of each and every movement, movements, where your weight is, how you're holding your physical body, 
and by George, which I think you'll discover is as you begin to be more mindful about how your body is functioning, you can make changes. And when you make those changes, the bingo winds up being that you are creating and forging new neural networks. Now, you have to keep at this. You can't just do it for a couple of minutes and think that it's going to stick. You've been, by way of habit, accessing the same neurological pathways for a very long time. So you have to be very mindful whenever you move and pay attention to how your body is positioned, where the weight is, and make instantaneous adjustments moment to moment. In other words, you are taking control over what's actually happening. It may be a bit frustrating because before all of this was just by way of habit. There was no reason why you had to expend any intellectual energy or time or effort in analyzing or thinking, well, how am I moving? Where are my legs at the moment? Where is my weight being placed? How is my body positioned? Am I upright or am I slumping? I mean, you may be thinking, oh, but this is a pain because before I didn't even have to pay any attention. Well, that's right. But those neurological networks were not worn and torn and rutted when you were younger. Now they are. For what reasons? Well, that's actually what I address in the new Jumpstart to Recovery course. There are many, many different reasons why the neurological system gets obstructed and and basically uh, it deteriorates over time. But again, because the body is so malleable because the plasticity of those neural networks is so remarkable. You can simply say, okay, those those existing pathways aren't in my best and highest good. What I'm now going to do is simply activate those that are sleeping at the moment. In other words, you go down different pathways, and I assure you there are a lot of different other choices that you can access in your body. Your body really is a miracle. So to go back to my initial analogy, remember I was talking about the United States. It's a big country. You don't have to go down just one pathway if you're a pioneer in 1825. Right, so what you'll want to do is to say, yeah, well, let's just take some different pathways to get to the same destination. And, of course, here you're not going from Boston to San Diego. You may be walking out your door to your car, and what you'll want to do is you want to do that effortlessly and without any difficulty or challenges whatsoever. And, and again, the way to do that is to do that mindfully. Another example that John Pepper offers in his book that I thought was quite fascinating is the following. And you're, you're going to have a lot of different specific individual challenges, and so you can alter the story to suit your own needs. But John's challenge was he had difficulty in picking up a glass and, and drinking the water or the fluid from the glass and getting it out to his mouth. And so what he realized is, okay, I've always picked up the glass in the same way, I mean, just by way of habit. Isn't that what we all do? You never think about doing it a different way. So what John figured out was, oh, I know what I need to do. I'll just approach the glass on the table in a very different position. So I think he twisted all around, and instead of picking it up sort of from the right front or the left front, whether he was left or right-handed, he, he sort of took his arm all the way to the back side of the glass. He picked up the glass, and by Jove, when he did that, he was able to pick up that glass and drink that water. Nobody would have ever noticed that he was having neurological challenges. 
the gist of the idea then that I'm offering to you is if you're having challenges with picking up a fork or getting food to your mouth or uh, whatever the challenge might be, do it a different way. And, and, and it may be it's going to be an outrageous way, and you may think, well, if I do this in public, people will think I'm a bit weird or spastic. But the fact is that if it works, it works. And what you're doing by exercising that new way of functioning is you are forging and creating a new pathway to be able to accomplish the same thing. And once that new pathway gets well established, so you have to continue to do it in that way over and over, then your body is going to access that new pathway to pick up the glass. You may not then have to pick up the glass in such a strange way. You may be able to go back to a, a, a similar way. In other words, when you access the new pathways, lo and behold, what happens is the problem all of a sudden is no longer present. So depending on the particular symptom that you are experiencing, the big picture idea that I have for you, the, as they say, the takeaway of this particular presentation is to say, okay, here's the challenge that I'm currently having. All right, uh, difficulty is, and just by way of example, getting out of bed. Okay, fine, get out of bed in a very, very different way and see what happens. Now, it may not be as successful as you would hope, and that means that the next time you'll want to do it a very different way. So you keep on experimenting with different routes, and each time you move your body in a different position or a different way, you're going to access that new pathway, and it may be that new pathway is the gateway to being able to make that move, movement effortless. I have one example that's a personal example for myself, just so I can make sure that my idea is clear for everyone who's connected here into the program today. I've noticed that sometimes when I walk up stairs, especially steep stairs, that my right knee tends to be uh, a bit painful. I don't mean it's so painful I can't walk, but all of a sudden there's this owie in my right knee. And what I've discovered is something quite fascinating. What I've discovered is if I jut my right hip out uh, just a bit and then put my right foot up on that step, it doesn't hurt at all. There's no pain. There's no owie whatsoever. So I just jut my right hip out, and then I walk up the stairs. No problem whatsoever. No discomfort, uh, no strain, no stress. So that's another example of how uh, you can change the, the habitual movements and do it, move your body in a little different way, put it in a little different position, and bingo, what you discover is if there's an obstruction in the mobility, whether that's freezing or leg dragging or tremoring or whatever it might be, if you do it in a different way, I think you'll find that you'll have a very different experience. Now, let me also offer to you another quite fascinating insight that I've derived based on uh, my reading of lots of people's experience. Many of you may be aware that the proportion of men who are diagnosed with Parkinson's disease is much higher than it is of women. About 60% on average, this is a really rough figure, are individuals who are men, and about 40% are women. And there's quite fascinating discussions in the research journals. Well, why is this? Why, why would this be the case? 
Well, I have a rather fascinating perspective for you to consider, and that is that it has to do with the difference in multitasking between men and women. And it's not a universal rule, but as a general rule, men have significantly more difficulty multitasking than women. Now, there are probably lots of biological reasons for this. Women have to be able to multitask. They're having children. They have to, as they're, uh, if they happen to be in a situation where they are taking care of the children, they've got to be handling five or six or 12 or 25 dozen different tasks at the very same time. So it may be over a matter of centuries and centuries, women just have had to develop that multitasking ability. Men, on the other hand, are single taskers uh, as a general rule, and I'm raising my hand on that. I can't do two things at the same time. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work. I focus on one, I'm fine. But if you ask me to do two things at the same time, I really flub it up. So, and again, I want, if you're a man and you're listening to this, you may be thinking, well, I'm a pretty good multitasker. Well, you're one of the gifted ones. Most men are not. Most men can't multitask like women can. Now, if you look at a situation where a person is walking, for example, if, and this is inspired by John Pepper's experience, if John is paying attention to how his body is moving, he doesn't have any difficulty whatsoever with his walking. It's pretty effortless. Nobody would ever see or notice or observe or detect any neurological challenges. Steps are one after the other. There's no freezing. There's no foot dragging. Uh, basically, it's, it's effortless. All right, but when John is walking with Norman Dodge, who's interviewing him on his walk uh, to be able to write up his own chapter on uh, John Pepper's experience. Norman, all, uh, John, John Pepper, all of a sudden has difficulty. Okay, all of a sudden he's not walking quite as effortlessly as he was before. What's the reason? Well, he's he's having to both pay attention to his walking and at the very same time he's being interviewed by Norman Dodge for this chapter in the book. So he's trying to do two things at the same time. So as you begin to think about your own experience with uh, in, in confronting one symptom or another, and particularly if you're a man and also a woman as well, ask yourself, okay, when I'm doing these tasks and I become mindful, just notice what happens when you are all of a sudden challenged with having to do more than one task at a time. For example, it may be that you're doing pretty well with being mindful about the position of your body, putting your chest out and paying attention to the weight of the right and left foot, et cetera, et cetera, and the walking is pretty effortless. And then all of a sudden the neighbor says, oh, hey, Robert, I wanted to ask you about something. And notice if all of a sudden the walking stumbles, if you freeze, if all of a sudden things go haywire, so to speak. Well, there's a multitasking challenge so that one of the – good kind of decisions can be if you're going to really begin to forge those new neural networks. Focus on that and only that. Don't try to do two things at the same time. Do only the one task, and I think you'll be much more pleased with the result that you actually get. 
So why is it then that more men tend to be experiencing neurological symptoms than women? Well, I'm sure there are many reasons, and they have to do with the chemistry differences and the neurological differences. But I think one of the reasons really is then best explained by the fact that women are multitaskers and men aren't. So women are able to to literally flip over into a number of different neurological networks at the same time, and so they're able to function, and those neurological challenges don't rear their ugly head. But for men, uh, if all of a sudden they're doing just fine, but then they're having to do a second task at the same time, the symptom may actually emerge. And I've had so many interviews with individuals, uh, particularly as I've uh, learned so much from doing the coaching work that I do uh, for individuals where I'll hear a story from a person who's just doing fine with their symptoms and they may be in a meeting and they're being mindful of their body and their position and their stress level and all of a sudden out of the blue somebody says something to them it's a rather critical statement so all of a sudden they're having to not only listen to the conversation but defend themselves and all of a sudden the symptoms just go haywire well, that's a good example of how all of a sudden there's multitasking that's challenged and those new neural networks have not quite been laid yet in other words the analogy that I gave to you of the super highway that's paved so smoothly, well, that's not quite, the pavement hasn't quite dried, so you're not able to actually access that as you would prefer. So multitasking, as I see it, is a huge issue for individuals, and when you're working on becoming mindful moment-to-moment of the position of your body and making adjustments moment-to-moment, If all of a sudden you're challenged with a second task, chances are that's going to be sidetracked and you're going to begin to see some symptoms that are actually flare. Now, to summarize, especially for those of you that are not familiar with John Pepper's work uh, and his own discoveries, uh, again, he's not a medical doctor, he's not a researcher, he's a person who experienced these neurological symptoms and this was his approach for being able to figure out ways to address them that worked beautifully for him. I think they'll work for really anyone. I would encourage if you get his book at the library or Norman Dodge's book at the library, I would encourage you not to feel like you have to do it exactly like he did it. I mean, that was just his body. That was his approach. The big idea, I think, that I want to present to you is become very mindful and present to what your body is actually doing. Now, there's one program that has been successful for many people, and it's a program where individuals are being taught to speak differently. Well, that's another example of forging new neural networks. So it's a program where instead of speaking by way of habit, and oftentimes if people have vocalization challenges, their voices get very soft, by intention they are challenged with speaking loudly. And in so doing, all of a sudden their voice comes back online. That's another good example of simply doing something in a very different way. So when you're having uh, difficulty with a particular movement, the idea is pretty simple. The idea is, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're accessing that same neurological pathway that has the ruts, that has the obstructions, that has the roadblocks. And so you can work on clearing all of that out, and that's important to do as well. That will actually result in a reversal of symptoms as well. But how about getting an immediate result? What you'd like to be able to do is 
to be able to walk effortlessly or talk effortlessly now in the moment. And I think, again, the way to do that is to realize, okay, let me, I've just got to do what I'm doing in a different way. And, of course, being creative people, we can always invent lots of different ways of talking, of swallowing, which is sometimes a problem for persons with Parkinson's, of breathing, of walking, of moving our bodies, and of, in general, being. So, so whatever challenge you have, uh, for the rest of the day, as the challenge emerges, all of a sudden become immediately aware of the physical nature of what's happening and change how you are doing it. One of the interesting observations that Norman Dodge made in his interview of John Pepper was that uh, he saw him pick up the glass in a very different way, and it was a bit strange. You don't see many people picking up a glass in that way, but by Jove, when he did, he had no problem drinking whatsoever. So what's the, what's the big deal if it looks a little strange to other people? The fact is that it's a solution that works for you. So invent new solutions, and I think you will be eminently pleased at the result that you actually see. I know that in, for example, the Jumpstart to Recovery program, there is a theme uh, that is threaded throughout those 24 hours of videos that I've recorded and the 104 lectures now that we've actually released that many people have the belief that these neurological symptoms probably began about four or five years before the diagnosis. I'm just giving an example, but I've heard this similar kind of comment from many people. And then finally the diagnosis came in, and, and now the person has experienced the challenges for eight or ten years. So we're talking, oh gosh, 14, 15, whatever years. And so what the person will say is, yeah, well, you know, it took a long time for all this to really materialize, and uh, so it's going to take a long time to reverse it. So, you know, we're probably looking at a long, arduous road to recovery. Well, I think that's a thought form that's not in your best and highest good, I just want to say to all of you. And I would like to suggest that you transform that thought form, and the thought form that I think is going to be in your best and highest good. And all of our best and highest good is if there's a challenge, regardless of what it is, then realize that it is possible to address that challenge now, in the moment, right now. It's not a question of waiting 14 years. It is a question of becoming mindful in the moment of what's happening, what's going on, and then making an adjustment and then seeing a positive result. And that, as it seems to me, is a pretty exciting way to think about what's really happening. And, of course, the other exciting part of this approach is you are the one that is controlling everything. You're not depending on a therapy or a therapist or a medication or a supplement or anything else to be able to make this happen. You take a medicine or a supplement, and okay, we've got to wait maybe two or three weeks for it to really uh, uh, take full effect. But boy, if you're watching how you're moving, you can make an adjustment in the moment, and there's a good chance you're going to see a shift in the symptoms. Now, that's pretty cool if you ask me. And that's why I just want to say I am so thankful that John Pepper did the work that he did. I mean, this is his work. This is These are his discoveries and they've worked for him. So I think there's probably going to be a 
thread here in his discoveries that will help you as well. So borrow from his wisdom. Uh, take off with moving uh, mindfully here for at least the rest of the day and see if you can't make some adjustments in how you are functioning and see a difference in the symptoms that you actually experience. That, in my book, is pretty exciting stuff. I also now want to make sure that I have an opportunity to announce the opening live of the new Jumpstart to Recovery course, which is on this marvelous website called Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. They have thousands and thousands of exciting courses of all kind of different topics on this particular website. And when you access the courses, many of them are actually free. You can read them on your smartphones or on your computer. They've got the technology all worked out. I've been a bit frustrated over the last decade because I've created this massive mountain of resources, books and materials and writings and audios and radio shows and, of course, videos, and they're scattered all over the place, I have to admit. And for many people, they're hard to find. So I get lots of emails every day. Can you give me the link to this radio show? Can you give me this or that? And, of course, I have to look back and find where it is myself. Sometimes it takes 10 or 15 minutes to find a link to a radio show because we've been doing them now for five or six years. So I, this last year, decided it was time to get everything much better organized so that all the resources would be in one place. And so that's why I created this course that is called Jump Start to Recovery, and it is now on this this company website called Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y. There are 24 hours of lectures. That's what I've been doing the whole last year. And there are 140 different uh, separate topics that are covered. The material comes in the form of audio recordings and books. I've got a lot of the books that I've written up on the course and, of course, the videos as well. They give presentations of all the different various topics. And the whole point of doing and organizing this course is to cut at the core of what is obstructing an individual's inability to reverse their symptoms. So there are certain basic core issues that are going to create roadblocks, even for people that are doing everything possible, it seems, that they need to do to be able to see a reversal of their symptoms. So in the uh, uh, Jumpstart to Recovery course, it's a lifetime access. You get to see the the course for the rest of your life. There's no limit on uh, the number of hours you can spend on it or when you can access it. And, of course, I'll be updating the course each and every month so you get new material as time goes on. So I'm really excited about the course. I've actually offered this course as, on an Internet basis. We had about half the people in each of the four classes that I've offered from Europe or Asia, uh, and half of them have been from the United States and Canada. And so there's been a huge challenge with time differences. People really have not been able to connect into the Jumpstart to Recovery program because I really am not functional at 2 a.m. in the morning here on the Pacific Northwest. So there have been a lot of uh, emails from people asking uh, if I couldn't do the course at a different time. And as best I tried, I couldn't do it at enough different times to capture everybody's needs across the globe. 
So I've converted uh, the course into uh, one that you can access anytime. There's no time constraint whatsoever on the Jumpstart to Recovery course. Now, the important little detail that I need to give to everyone is that through here the next Friday, uh, I want you all to be able to uh, claim a 50% discount off of the price of that particular course. So the actual course price is $297 for all that material, and then the 50% off is only $148. And all of those funds, by the way, go to support all of the free resources that we sponsor here through Parkinson's Recovery. So know that when you decide to take the course that the monies that you are paying are helping thousands and thousands of people across the globe. Now, the, the little detail that I need to give you is that when you get to the course page, and it is uh, accessible by going to the Udemy website, www.udemy.com, and then you'll see it says Search for Courses. It's listed under the name of the course. So in that search window, all you have to enter is the name of the course, which is Jump Start to Recovery. The course will come up, and of course it's from myself and Parkinson's Recovery. Oh, and by the way, you'll get to see a number of the videos. You don't have to pay anything. So a lot of that information is already right there in your face. So spend a little time to see what's there. You'll see how the course is organized. It would take uh, really months to be able to go through the course because it's, it's very comprehensive. Again, I've been working on it for the entire year, and we just released it today. So I'm, I, not today, but uh, actually three days ago. So I'm really very excited about the fact that all of this content and material is readily available. There's nothing new here. It's all organized in the very same place. So it's easily accessible to you all. So once you get onto the course page on Udemy, you say you click on Take This Course. You click on that. And what you'll want to be sure to do is to uh, get the coupon code entered into the Redeem a Coupon. There's a little link that says Redeem a Coupon. You click on that. And then you'll want to be sure to enter the code Time for Recovery. So time, T-I-M-E, the word time, and then the number four, not the word four, but the number four, and then the word recovery, R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y, time for recovery. So you enter that into the coupon code, you click, and it will automatically show $148 for that lifetime access to uh, all of the 104 lectures and 24 hours of videos. I think you'll find it's, uh, it's, it's got some really fascinating information that I've been able to synthesize and present. And so I think you'll find that will be really a support that will always be available to you on your journey down the road to recovery. Now, there's a companion to the course. And the companion is a live program, a two-and-one-half-day live program. It's got the same name, Jump Start to Recovery, but it's experiential. So there's no overlap between the live program, which will be held in Alderbrook, which is a resort, gorgeous ho uh, hotel resort complex 
in Washington State, about two hours from the SeaTac or Seattle airport, a drive, I mean, from there. It'll be held on November 1st and 2nd and 3rd, so we convene on the evening of November 1st. I convene the time of this live experiential program at a time when the salmon are swimming up the stream that's right next to the resort and the eagles are flying all around. So it'll be a true Washington experience. We have a number of people that have signed up uh, from the east coast of the United States, and I suspect that what they're doing is also adding on to the experience at Jumpstart to Recovery, a little trip either before or after. Washington State is a marvelous experience for anyone who's not been here. We have our ancient forest, our gorgeous Pacific Oceans. We have the National Park Resorts. Uh, it's a magnificent place to visit. And so I would encourage those of you who are traveling from uh, far away, thousands and thousands of miles from Europe and from the East Coast, um, join us at Jumpstart, but also think about adding on a little trip before or after to experience the wonders of Washington State. When I say experiential, what am I really talking about? So the content, the information for what a person needs to do to reverse their symptoms is readily available on, in the course. But, of course, that's only part of the experience. What's also essential for a successful recovery program is to be able to actually experience the release of traumas and the transformation of thought forms that are in your best and highest good rather than against them. And, of course, to have actual experiences where any entanglements and family systems are identified and unraveled. And so at the Jumpstart program, we're not there lecturing. That's what you get in the course. What we're doing is we're providing these experiences that make it all happen for you and those who attend. One of the most marvelous and exciting opportunities for the Alderbrook program is to meet other people who come. It's quite an amazing experience, I want to say. And, of course, Deborah Russell and I are the ones who facilitate all of these releases and all of these experiences. But what we hear back from people who attend our Jumpstart to Recovery programs is that the most marvelous opportunities are to be able to connect with other individuals who have found marvelous solutions on their own journey down the road to recovery. There's one detail I want to make sure everybody knows about. So I know many of you are planning on attending the Alderberg program and haven't signed up yet. Now, when you sign up by the end of the month, we're talking July 31st, which is only five days from today, you're going to get access to the Jumpstart to Recovery program, the course on Udemy, for free. It doesn't cost anything at all. So literally you sign up for the Alderbook program and the course winds up being a free bonus, which is quite an amazing bonus. And so especially for those of you who are planning on coming but just haven't actually signed up yet, be sure to do so by July 31st so that you'll get that bonus as well. People who sign up after July 31st will, of course, be able to experience all that we do at Alderbrook, but you'll, they'll also have to pay extra for the course. And so please, if you're coming to Alderbrook, be sure to do sign up now so that that course will be free. And we'll be setting up that free access to the course now. It's online 
uh, I've been able to get it up and running. So you'll be able to take advantage of that starting the minute that, well, not the minute you sign up, but at least within 24 hours after you sign up. So you'll begin to watch all the videos and all the exercises and read all of the books and materials uh, and, and, and allow that to be preparation for your experience at Alderbrook. It's a marvelous resort hotel. As I've mentioned to several people already who've called, I did not convene this experience at an airport hotel. Those are horrendous experiences, and they are anything but healing. So I've scoured around locally here in Washington State and Oregon searching for an environment that I felt as though was conducive to healing from the inside out. And I have found just that resource, which is Alderbrook, which is this marvelous, marvelous resort hotel. So when I say resort, I don't mean it's a Hotel 8. <laughs> I don't mean to criticize them. It really is a luxurious resort hotel with the full gamut, the indoor pool, heated pool, the uh, the foods that are marvelous, uh, the rooms are spectacular, the view of the uh, Hood Canal, the water is just uh, unbelievable, and so it's a, it's a really spectacular place to be for three days. So I want to invite you to seriously consider joining us at the Alderbrook uh, program. It really is a transformative experience, and also to make sure that everybody does understand that the course is very different from the Alderbrook experience. We didn't name them the same. They are designed to be complements of one another. So you take the course, and you also do the Alderbrook experience, and then you get the full advantage of being able to remove all roadblocks and obstacles to your successful recovery from symptoms of Parkinson's disease. So another way to explain what the purpose of all of this is is that these neurological pathways are obstructed because of traumas and other kinds of challenges, and so what we really want to set our intention to do is to clear out all of those obstructions, and that's what the course, that's what the Jumpstart to Recovery Alderbrook program uh, actually does. If you are a person who is more interested in suppressing symptoms, well, this particular course and the Alderbrook experience are really not going to meet your needs. I've got other books and other support materials that will be able to lead you in directions that will probably be more satisfying for you. These particular programs are programs where you are the one that takes control over your own healing. You're the one who figures out what's causing the symptoms. My experience is they are very multifaceted. So once you figure out that, you can focus a program of healing that will address the problems that are causing the symptoms in the first place. I know a lot of people think of Parkinson's disease as very simplistic. I think that's erroneous. I think it's very multifaceted. It's very complicated. Each person's situation is unique. And so once you take control, you're the one that can figure out what is causing your symptoms. And, again, that's a big part of the course. We've got, I created lots and lots of different ways that you can figure out what's causing your symptoms. And, of course, it's not going to be just one answer but a number of different answers. Uh, you can do that yourself. It doesn't require any visit to a doctor. Uh, there are all these technologies out there that you can avail yourself to be able to diagnose really what's going on inside your body, which of course is changing moment to moment to be sure. 
So Jumpstart to Recovery, two particular programs. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Alderbrook program, you'll want to be sure to visit the Alderbrook website. And that website is www.thewordjumpstart, J-U-M-P-S-T-A-R-T, dot parkinsonsrecovery.com. So www.jumpstart.parkinsonsrecovery.com. So that's where the Alderbrook experiences explain. And again, the course is listed on the Udemy website, which is www.udemy.com. And then, again, once you get onto the website, uh, what you'll want to do is to um, uh, visit Jumpstart to Recovery. You'll see the course listings there. And, again, look, watch some of the videos, look at the course outline, see if that's something that you feel like would support your recovery. And then, again, don't forget to enter the coupon code. And that code, once again, is TIME, T-I-M-E, for the number four, recovery, R-E-C-O-V-E-R-Y. And so what I really want to do is to uh, offer my appreciation to each of you for connecting into this uh, program today. I've been thinking for quite a while uh, about uh, his work and what I think it all means uh, for persons who currently have a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. And I have treasured the opportunity today to be able to offer to you my own perspective on what all of this means. So I want to thank each of you for uh, joining us and invite you to uh, check out the course, the Udemy course, and to remind those of you who are planning on coming to the Alderbrook program to be sure and sign up now, today, before uh, all of a sudden you're not going to get the free access to the Udemy course. It's quite an extensive course with lots of useful and powerful information. And, um, again, I want to thank you for connecting in and joining me today on this discussion of how symptoms can be reversed now rather than waiting for 14 years. It seems to me the idea is, and bring the thought into your consciousness, let's make all of this happen right now by accessing new neural pathways, which, again, is what we do in the Udemy course uh, jumpstart to recovery and what you will experience for those of you who join us in Alderbrook, Washington, USA. Thank you so much for connecting in and joining me on this program today. <laughs>